Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Yes, here we are together again. Thank you for connecting in in this way. I do feel the joining, so it's lovely. I am going to invite you to place your hand on your heart as I am doing. And let's tune in, let's tune up. Oh, so grateful and thankful for the power and the presence of love within us. Grateful and thankful to give over to that higher Holy Spirit self all worries and concerns. We are opening our mind to the truth that liberates us from all misperceptions, all pain and suffering. We are grateful to come together in recognition of our holiness, in recognition of our holy relationships. We are grateful to claim these holy relationships and to allow them to unfold with ease and with grace. We're relinquishing the blocks to love. We're giving up anything that could stand in the way of our holy relationships. We're grateful to allow ourselves to fully know the truth, be the truth, live the truth. And we are sharing the benefits with everyone everyone, because we are one, we are united forever. So grateful to allow it to unfold, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. 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 Yes. Ah, yes, yes, yes. So here we go. We are grateful to join together and to open our mind to holy relationships. And so that's the title that Spirit gave me for this episode, the topic, Claim Your Holy Relationship Now. So at the beginning of the year, some people make resolutions. I stopped doing that. It just felt egoic. I set intentions, aspirations, and goals. And so... uh, Working with people for decades as a spiritual counselor and teacher, I know that many people has have as goals uh, relationship healing, relationship transformation. Because not that everybody's exactly like me, for sure not, but I know for me the most distressing issues in my life have been discord, turmoil in my relationships feeling cut off from the love 
and feeling unworthy of love, feeling that I have destroyed a relationship with my unkindness, with my meanness and anger and hurtfulness. I, uh, the greatest distresses have been this feeling that I was a terrible person, an evil person, a bad person, unworthy of love, and my relationships were the proof of that because they were so difficult. And uh, I used to have so much difficulty in my relationships. It was really um, a source of great pain for me. And one of my favorite things to do in my life now is to help people heal their relationships because when we heal a relationship, we're healing our own heart. We are relinquishing the meaning we've made of the past. We're relinquishing the meaning we've made about ourselves and others. We're relinquishing the blocks to love. And we're opening ourselves to the flow of love, to the healing power of love within us. And that is so revitalizing. It's so renewing and restoring and refreshing that there's no, there's no way to really describe how effective and powerful it is in transforming our entire life when we have holy relationships, when the relationships are healed. And it often can feel as though this relationship cannot be healed until my mother, my brother, my sister, my father, my boss, my coworker, my neighbor, whatever the, the role that person is playing in our life, that the relationship cannot heal until they understand me. They can't, the relationship can't heal until I can explain myself to them. The relationship can't heal until they admit what they did or say they're sorry or there's always these egoic conditions that are placed on the relationship and we get very much convinced that there can't be a healing in the relationship until these things occur. And what I can absolutely tell you is that is not true. In fact, the only way we can have a true healing in the relationship and a liberation from the special relationship and step into the holy relationship is when we change our mind. And it's changing our mind about ourselves, changing our mind about the past, changing our mind about others. But principally, it's changing our mind about ourselves. So for instance, I've worked with many, many, many people who felt that others treated them poorly. And what I find is that when people change their minds about themselves, People stop treating them poorly and start treating them well. And it's not because something has changed in the world. It's because that person has changed their mind about themselves. So seek not to change the world. Seek not to change the relationship, but to change your mind about yourself in the relationship. 
seek to change your mind about the relationship and the people you're in relationship with, and then the relationship can be healed. And it is just the willingness to change your mind about yourself, the relationship, the other person, the world, that brings that healing. The Holy Spirit will transform the special relationship, and I've done many episodes about transforming special relationships and healing special relationships and having holy relationships. In So I've covered that quite a bit, and I'm sure I'll touch in on that. But here's the, the thing that I feel I'm being guided to, to discuss now in this moment is that it's very easy to fall into the belief that it's not going to work for us. That in order to have that kind of healing and transformation, a person has to have some spiritual mojo. And, or as I used to call it back when I was in the prayer practitioner training at Agape, I would say, um, my hoodoo is doo-doo. You got to have good hoodoo. If your hoodoo is doo-doo, you can't... Uh, experience the miracles. Now, I, I don't, that was, I was kidding around when I would say that, but that is the belief that many people have, that it doesn't work for them, they don't have the mojo, their hoodoo is doo-doo. So it's not true, because that higher Holy Spirit self, the I am presence, the infinite intelligence, the divine mind, whatever name you would like to give to it, it really, it, it, it has no name. It, it doesn't call what, care what it's called. But that one power, one presence that is the all in all can heal anything and everything when we are willing, but not until then. So our willingness is actually all that's required. I say that in every episode of the podcast because we often believe that things are conditional. Again, that we can't have a relationship healing until my father's willing to talk with me, until my child is willing to talk with me, or until my brother says he's sorry, or whatever it might be. But that's conditional healing. And healing has no conditions, really. It's just the willingness. We could say maybe that the willingness is a condition, but it doesn't need somebody else's agreement or anything like that, although it often appears that it does. So if we can remember that there's nothing outside of us, meaning not that we're all there is, that I, Jennifer, am all there is in my personality, in my beingness, but instead that I am part of the whole. I am part of the all in all. And therefore, we share the same mind with our brothers and sisters. And when there is a healing in one person's mind, it will absolutely be felt and be known in the other person's mind. 
And we all have experiences of this truth again and again and again to convince us to remember what's true and value what's true. And we have all kinds of experiences that help affirm the shared mind, the one mind. And so, for instance, um, I, uh, my friend Gina, almost every time I call her, she says, I was just thinking of you. Just now, just this very moment, I was thinking of you and thinking about calling you. And so is it that she's thinking of me because I'm thinking of her, or am I calling her because she's thinking of me and I picked up the message? We're messaging each other simultaneously. Does one of us precipitate it? Maybe. But there is only one of us. It seems like there's two, but there's only one of us. And so as I often say in uh, prayers and in counseling sessions, I'll say something like, um, Gina and I are... God is having a, rather, God is having a conversation with itself by means of us. God is having a healing in the mind by means of us. And it's really in our egoic attachments that we're having the healing, of course. Of course it is. So... Claim your holy relationship. So many people get in the way of holy relationship because they don't believe it's possible for them. They believe it's possible for others, but not for them. And so they deny themselves the beauty, the power, and the healing, the nourishment of the holy relationship. And I have seen relationships that were absolutely rock-bottom miserable where the appearance is that the two people, married people, cannot stand each other, blaming each other for their misery. And a year later, after one person in the couple has committed to doing the mind training around the relationship, claiming the holy relationship, that both people in the relationship enjoy the renewed love, the happiness, the joy, the sensuality, the sexuality, the freedom, the ease, the peace, the grace in the relationship. Because one person invoked the Holy Spirit to make the holy relationship, and they, that one person, allowed it to unfold and held the intention before them. So that's the willingness, the willingness to choose the holy relationship when there is a tendency to want to say things like, I got to get out of this relationship. I can't be in this relationship anymore. How can I be in a relationship with somebody who does this or doesn't do that? And on and on with complaints and things like that. People, and I, I used to do this all the time myself, of course. I'm just like everybody else. 
We're all the same in so many ways. And so the constant affirmation that the relationship is a failure, that the relationship doesn't work, that the relationship is ruining my life, the relationship is making me miserable, and on and on and on. These are the things that keep that cycle going. But when we declare we're truly willing to have a holy relationship, then what's going to happen is the Holy Spirit is going to keep showing us the way to the holy relationship. And then if we mean it, if we mean what we say, and we'd actually like to have that holy relationship, we'll have the opportunity to choose it if we are willing. And one of the things I love so, so much about spirit, love intelligence, the divine, it's the grace of God. So if we miss the opportunity to be loving, to be kind, to heal the relationship because we're caught up in our egoic ideas about things and we miss the opportunity to restore love and harmony to our relationships, or maybe the relationship never had it in the first place, but to bring forth love and harmony in the relationship, another opportunity will come if we are willing to receive it. So this is one of the things that to me is so precious. It's the grace of God that shows up as that new opportunity we think that things are lost. So I, I have experiences sometimes where someone has treated me unkindly, where they um, I mean, I can think of some specific examples, but I'd rather not name names. But, you know, a neighbor here, um, someone there, people treat me unkindly from time to time. They're caught up in their stuff. They're not spiritual students, and they are having a moment. And many times those people don't come back and say, hey, look, I was having a moment. I'm really sorry. I treated you that way. They just go on and maybe they feel guilty. Maybe they feel ashamed. Maybe they feel justified. I don't know what they're feeling, but spirit will bring an opportunity for reconciliation and we'll notice it if we're paying attention. So for instance, I had someone who was, I thought kind of rude to me uh, and uh, they kind of blew me off, didn't bother to acknowledge me, respond to me, and I'm pretty certain they received the communication, and that's okay. I mean, wh why be bothered by that? But then this person needed help, and they let uh, various people know that they needed help with something, and I offered help. I offered uh, real, kind, generous help. And 
they received it. And I love moments like that because in my old way of thinking, I would have thought, F them, I'm not going to help them. <laughs> Look, now they're in trouble now. I could help them, but why should I after what they did? I don't think that way anymore. Now I, I can let go of that, but I also... It's not about being better than someone else. It, it's about turning the other cheek, really, offering something new. And a restorative opportunity presents itself. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. And it's beautiful. And I'm very grateful for these opportunities. So I was uh, talking about this in Sundays with Spirit this past weekend that... Uh, maybe a year ago, I was visiting Bill Free and Lisa Natoli for a couple of days at their house, and I was taking my dog Bodie out for a walk, and they live uh, on the corner, and the street that's uh, on the side of them is a private road with a handful of houses on it, and it's a cul-de-sac, so it's a perfect place to walk the dog because there's very little traffic there. And there's woods on one side. It's very nice. So I was walking Bodhi there. And this other little dog ran out from the yard and started to... Actually, I think it was barking very aggressively at Bodhi. But Bodhi was four times as big as this little dog. So, And Bodhi's not bothered by that. She just wants to play with other dogs. So we just kind of uh, hung out with this little dog. And I didn't want to go very far because I didn't want the dog to come down the road very much with us. Um, and then it, it calmed down and they were kind of playing together. And then I thought, well, the dog can just walk down the road with us. We're going to walk right back. We're not going very far, you know, not very far at all. And so the dog was walking a little ways with us. And then this man comes down the street. Um, and I, I could see, feel that this was his dog. And uh, maybe they came from the same yard. I don't remember exactly. But I knew this was probably his dog that was playing with Bodhi. And so I paused and he walked up. And he immediately was attacking me. Who are you? What's your name? You have no right to be here. This is a private road. This is against the law for you to be here. You are trespassing. And I was kind. I was gentle. I wasn't triggered or anything. Sky was very much in my face. And he was at least a foot taller than me. I'm five foot three. He looked to me to be six foot two or three. And uh, I... I just stayed steady and said, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know. And he said, I'm going to call the police and let them know that you're trespassing. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, well, yeah, let's call the police because I would love to confirm that this is trespassing. And, and uh, I said, do you have the number? Do you have your phone? Shall I call them? I have my phone here. And I think he was a little plussed, uh, you know, by that because 
I'm sure I was not trespassing. I'm sure it wasn't illegal, even though it's a private road. Uh, it's not restricted. If it were, there would be no trespassing signs for sure. So, uh, but I, I wasn't trying to make him be a fool or something like that, but just like, let's find out what the truth is. I'm not afraid of the truth. And, and, um, and then he was saying, why are you here? I said, I'm staying with my friends who live at the corner. He didn't seem to like, uh, what Bill was doing on his property, which is beautiful landscaping that has improved the neighborhood. Of course, Bill always makes everything better. And, um, and I know because Bill told me that his, when he was working on that part of the property, the people who lived on that street would stop and say to him, wow, this is so nice what you're doing. And and I could be misremembering it, but I think even wanting to contribute to it because he was beautifying it so nicely. Anyway, this gentleman, uh, he was just in a terrible mood and he really was aggressively attacking me. And he was like a dog with a bone. So I just said, we'll go home. I'm really sorry that this happened. And I, I went home to Bill and Lisa's and told them what happened. And uh, because I, I wouldn't want them to not know that their neighbor was upset by me. Well, um, Bill said he left a note for the gentleman. Hey, let, why don't we have a conversation and talk? And um, so here it is a year later. I'm walking Bodie down the street because I, I really got the clear inspiration from spirit walk Bodhi down there so I had walked there a couple of times with Bodhi and I can see I'm going to run out of time to tell you this story before the break comes so I'm going to pause it right there <laughs> and I'll bring it back uh, uh, after the break so we're going to a break and while we're there I'm going to invite you to check out what's happening at jenniferhadley.com Masterful Living, my year-long program is open for registration we start on January 22nd Monday, January 22 so come on down Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles Living the Love, Walking the Talk Welcome back. Welcome back. So I'm going to finish my story here. So this was maybe the third walk that I did with Bodhi over the weekend. This was just last weekend. Um, and it was just before dark. And then by the time we were coming back, it was dark. And uh, I, as I was walking along, Bodhi's leash broke. It's a cloth leash, and there was a knot in the middle of it, and where that knot was, it broke. And Bodie was playing with this other dog in the yard, and I went into the yard to get her, which I did, and then we were coming 
back to the road and I saw this man and it was it was pretty it was almost almost completely dark at this point uh, and I thought instantly it's that guy and my first thought was a little bit of uh, oh no because I didn't want to be attacked again I really didn't wish for that, especially in the cold, in the dark, etc. But I just blessed the situation, held the highest in my mind. And as I was coming back to the road with Bodie, and he was there with his dog, he started a conversation with me, I believe. And he was like, oh, what a sweet dog. What's, what's the dog's name? And as though we had never met before, never spoken before. And we stopped and we had a conversation for at least 15 minutes. And we talked about the dogs. We talked about some problems he was having with his property because of the storms. And he um, was asking about Bill, who uh, has the tractors, or he was telling me about his tractor. And I'm sure it was because he knew I was the person who was staying at Bill's. Bill has these John Deere tractors. And we talked about that. And um, I offered to take his number because he was saying, oh, I've got problems with mine. I said, well, maybe Bill could help you. If you give me your number, I'll have him call you. And he was like, uh, no, I said, well, you can just stop by. He's there. He works from home. And then another neighbor came by and we were talking about the weather and the dogs and the tractors. <laughs> so I was there with the two of them for at least 20 minutes. But for about 15 minutes with this man, he was just as nice as he could be. He must have said Bodhi was a sweet dog half a dozen times. And what I knew was that all the prayers that I had made since the last time I saw him, because he would come into my mind from time to time, because I have a strong intention that if I encounter people who are having a hard time, and I'm aware of it, that I'll be reminded to pray for them at the times that they would like prayer or could use prayer. So this gentleman had come into my mind a number of times over the last year, and I had blessed him and his wife. And So here now the relationship was made holy. Of course, my willingness was the main ingredient. I'd like to have a holy relationship with everyone in my life, even people that I barely encounter, even people I barely know. Of course, I'd like to have a holy relationship with everyone, everyone, everyone. No exceptions, none whatsoever. So when we were finally done talking and I headed back to Bill and Lisa's house, as I turned to walk home, I just said, Thank you, God. 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 To have that opportunity to have the holy instant, the holy encounter, the holy relationship.
So to me, it is a sacred, sacred opportunity that we are always being given to let the past go, to not take things personally, and to recognize the cry for love and its antidote, which is the application of love, the offering of love, the extending of love. So we can have extraordinary, beautiful, healing, nourishing, holy relationships. And it's not up to any other person. It's up to no one else. It is up to us 100% of the time. But we do tend to think, oh, it's up to somebody else. It's up to somebody else. And to think that we need to have a conversation with people and say, like, maybe I could have written that gentleman a letter and said, I didn't appreciate it very much. I checked with the police department and I had every right to walk on that street. I believe you knew I had the right. You were just attacking me and just... Blah, 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 blah. I'm sure I could have, I could have responded that way, right? I could have reacted that way and felt justified. But that's nothing that I want a part of anymore in my life. I find that when there's conflict, I really intently would like to go the other way and live the love. And I'm in charge of whether or not I live the love. And that's one of the things that I love most about this life in this world is we are never a victim of the world. We have the freedom to believe that we're victims, but that doesn't mean that it's so. And we know whether or not we're in our right mind by how we feel. That's what Jesus teaches in A Course in Miracles. And it's true. We all know it's true. And so when we are holding on to the past and the resentments and the regrets and the blame and the shame, we feel disturbed. We don't feel at peace. We don't have harmony. And we can go the other way. That is the grace of God that Nothing that happens in this world is permanent. Everything in this world is temporary, including the meaning that we make of things. And all that seems to happen, it's still temporary. It's still only an experience in this world. And everything is meant to be helpful. Everything, everything is meant to be helpful. And it in this world, we get to be truly helpful. I'm here only to be truly helpful. So what does that mean, to be truly helpful? To be truly helpful is to choose awakening. To be truly helpful is to choose holy relationships. To be truly helpful is to give up blame and to release ourselves from the guilt. When I was kind to this gentleman and I I honestly I think he may have been pretending he never met me 
or perhaps he was inebriated, though he didn't seem like it the last time he met me and didn't remember that he met me. Um, I, I just had a sense we were both pretending we'd never met before because we didn't wish to remember what occurred. And that was totally fine for me. But I could have somehow brought it up. I could have made him bad and wrong. Now, we can't have a holy relationship and seek to induce people's guilt so that they feel bad and ashamed and we feel superior. That's not a part of a holy relationship. And I'd like to have only holy relationships. So in order for that to occur, I have to always be willing to stay in the present moment where the love is and be that loving, helpful presence. And then what I find is regardless of what's going on, my peace remains. So when this gentleman attacked me a year or so ago, I, I definitely felt threatened because he was being threatening. I knew I was being threatened. So I did feel threatened, although I didn't feel unsafe or vulnerable. So I wasn't afraid, but I knew I was being aggressively threatened, that he was actively trying to intimidate me. But I was interested in being loving, so I was not intimidated. It didn't trigger me. Now, somebody who had been beaten by a person like that would maybe not be able to feel what I felt. So we can't really compare ourselves one to another, but we can learn from each other. And that's the opportunity here in this moment is to, to put ourselves into remembrance of situations, let's say, where uh, we can remember that there was difficulty. We can remember that there was pain. And like I, I did throughout this past year, and when he came into my awareness, I would see the opportunity to pray for him rather than curse them. Pray for those that despitefully use us. That's what this means because then we're all having a healing. Every single one of us is having a healing and that's ultimately what we'd like. That's being truly helpful is to be in our loving heart because love is our healer. So my invitation this year is to look at our willingness to have holy relationships. Is it a true willingness or is it something we're just wishing and hoping for? Because there's a significant difference between wishing and hoping and being willing we can wish and hope without any willingness at all. 
So when we are willing, then what's going to happen is we will be used, in a sense, by the Holy Spirit. That's one way to think about it. So how was I used by the Holy Spirit? That when <clears throat> the higher mind, we could say, you know, if we want to talk about the personality versus the spirit, the I am, the I am is impressing upon me the reminder of this gentleman in his distress. And my response to that is to pray. Now, I think it's extremely valuable and important to always be aware that that higher self, that higher mind, is our true self. It is who and what we are. And that's why there's nothing our holiness can't do. Because we're part of God. And so when we hold the perfection, the wholeness, the beauty, the magnificence in our awareness, in our mind, then we're holding it in the mind of God, in the mind of the infinite, because there's only the one mind. To me, this is such a blessing. To be able to be of service is such a blessing. To be able to be aware that I can answer a cry for love with love, with holiness, with healing, with transformation, that to me feels like such a huge blessing. Such a huge blessing. Oh my gosh. And I am so, so grateful to be able to heed the call, <clears throat> to realize, oh, that's why I'm being reminded of this. And I've said this many times, but I feel called to say it again here. So one of the most significant healing experiences I had when I was really very, very diligently working with my mind for the first time, after decades of being a spiritual student, I was finally being very, very aggressive in working with the mind and really paying attention to my thinking and my where my attention was. And I started to notice what had always been happening, which was old memories would surface from things long ago that were unpleasant. Maybe somebody treated me poorly. Maybe I treated somebody else poorly. Maybe I hurt myself in some way, shape, or form. Cut my nose off to spite my face. I used to do that all the time. These things would come to the surface of my mind to be healed, but I didn't know it for most of my life. And then suddenly I realized oh, the higher self is placing this where I, who feel identified with the personality in this moment, can see it. And so I am really 
saying to myself, because I am the higher self, I am saying to myself, let this go. Let my people go. Free my peeps. And so I would, sometimes when those old painful memories would come into my awareness, I would just push them away. Oh, I don't want to think about that. Ugh, forget about that. Ugh, change the channel. But then when I realized, oh, this is a healing opportunity that's being presented to me by the grace of God. Oh, what is this now? Wait, what, 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 what? Let me have a healing here. Let me call forth a transformation here. And so I would look at it and I would instantly see that there were judgments I was holding on to about that situation from the past. It was my interpretations, the meaning I made of it, my judgments, my opinions. And so then I would offer up to my holiness that meaning I made of it, saying, I'd like this to be cleared from my memories. I'd like it to be dissolved and resolved permanently back to the root cause so I never think it again. I am done with it. I am no longer interested in thinking these thoughts and feeling these feelings. I am setting myself free. Let them be forever removed. And anyone else who has these thought patterns let them have a healing as well. Let all be lifted up. That, to me, is being truly helpful. I don't think there's a more powerful way for me to be truly helpful than for me to liberate from the meaning I made of the past and stop reliving it. So the peace of God that I experience now, which to me is extraordinary and remarkable, is a direct result of clearing out these attachments to the old meaning I had made of things in the past. And this is the only way we can truly have holy relationships, because at that time, when I was doing that work so diligently and having these realizations, I was calling for all of my relationships to be made holy. So that required me to take ownership of my judgments, my opinions, my complaints, and the meaning I had made of things. There was no way to have holy relationships without me taking responsibility and without me being willing. So that was an extraordinary time of healing for me. And this is one of the things that any of us can do at any moment in time. Now, in my year-long Masterful Living class, it's one of the things we focus on. It's one of the things we help each other with. And then we add in remembering to laugh. I am always so <laughs> gratified when people are talking about painful memories and experiences from the past, and they're laughing. Because I know the healing is happening. It's happened already 
when there's laughter. Because the laughter indicates the freedom of the mind, the freedom from the meaning we made of it. And I'm so grateful that we can relinquish our attachments to the past. We can have this extraordinary healing. We really, really can. I've been so blessed to see people have complete healings in their relationships where the relationship goes from being codependent, special, unhappy, to completely unconditionally loving, supportive, happy-making, joyous. And there is a deep and profound joy that is our natural state that we can't get to when we're holding on to resentments. The fact that we can so completely go the other way is so marvelous and miraculous and gratifying. It's deeply, deeply fulfilling. And I am interested in supporting folks in doing that. And that is one of the main focuses of my year-long Masterful Living program. It's about having real results. So think about the things in your life that feel like, oh, you just can't seem to make a shift there. You just can't seem to have a healing there. You just can't seem to be successful there. That feels like things are stacked against you and maybe you feel like a victim or the hurt just won't seem to heal. Those are the things I love to help people with. And it is about really changing our mind and having spiritual practices that actually work. And when we let go of all the difficulties, then we discover there was a natural peace and a natural joy that was there all along. And we can get to it and we can live from that space now because when we lay the burdens down, when we truly allow them to dissolve and resolve permanently back to the root cause, they're not there anymore to get triggered. And so for some of us, that can happen instantaneously. For some of us, it takes some real attention. But to me, that it can happen at all is just so wonderful and so fulfilling. And so I invite you to think about what would you like to really shift permanently this year? Because that can happen. And I'm inviting you to bring those things to Masterful Living. Now, if you're not sure if my year-long Masterful Living program is for you, know that you can book an exploratory call with one of the spiritual counselors and they'll answer all your questions, and they'll give you some free counseling while you're at it. So I invite you to do that. Go to jenniferhadley.com forward slash masterful living. And let's have holy relationships this year. Let's have a holy relationship with ourselves. So I invite you to place your hands on your heart. And here in this very moment, Let's take that breath of love and gratitude and be grateful and thankful that we can go the other way. We are grateful to let the Holy Spirit do the heavy lifting. And we share the benefits with everyone. So it is. Amen, amen, amen.